All right. Ah, so let's take this breath of love and gratitude together. Deeply grateful, deeply thankful to place our hands upon our hearts and to open our mind, open our heart, open our life. Make ourselves fully available to the higher Holy Spirit self. So grateful and so thankful to say yes to the unprecedented yes to the unlimited yes to the pure love of god revealing itself in our awareness so grateful to join together for the holy purpose of remembering and recognizing and valuing our divinity as well as the divinity of all life all beings we are grateful and thankful to give up the past to leave it behind and to step into the unprecedented moment that is offering us a healing opportunity right now we join together for this purpose and we are grateful that we naturally bring benefit to all beings because we are one with them so we open ourselves to this unprecedented healing this expansion and clarity so grateful to set our hearts free set our minds free in the care of the higher holy spirit self we let it be and so it is amen 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 yes all right so uh as promised this week we're gonna we're gonna discuss the angels in my hair and I just would like to see by a show of hands uh, how many of you have read angels in my hair the Lorna Byrne book oh great yay yeah I just I love her work I love her books anybody listen to my my radio show episode with her yeah, I think I put it in the um, in our Facebook group back in July, maybe quite a while ago. But it's easy to find on the Living a Course of Miracles site with the um, all the radio show episodes there, and you can just search for Lorna Byrne and find it. And uh, yeah, so. You know, I, I'm very, very inspired by Lorna Byrne, and uh, I, I've told this story in other classes, but not in this class, and uh, it feels important to me, and uh, so I read Lorna Byrne's book sometime years ago. I don't know when it was, maybe 2010. I'm not quite sure when I read it. Uh, and for the first time. And it really moved me, felt very true to me. And I felt the sweetness of her soul. And I also felt, um, I also felt that, You know, I'm just going to make a, a little personal request here, and that is 
when you find yourself moving the screen around a lot, if you would just be so kind as to just for a moment to stop your video, which you can do in the lower, it's like muting <coughs> in the lower left. If you could just stop your video, if you're moving around or moving your screen a lot, and then when you're back and you're available, then you can unstop the video. Because it's great to see you live when you're there and to be able to feel and, and know and see you there um, uh, listening and participating and nodding. And it's really wonderful. And um, But I find it just a bit difficult when this is what I see. You know, I just find that like that it just becomes a little challenging it's distracting to me because i think part of me being empathetic i just think oh is are they okay are they falling down did something happen there and um so it's just a a request i'll make um it also just kind of pulls everybody's attention so um just mentioning that so uh uh, Lorna, to me, she's such a sweet soul, such a beautiful example of her book. And one of the things I, I have found in my experience of ever-increasing awareness is that the angels have been so, so helpful to me, just so, so helpful to me. And I find that they will answer many questions they are uh just so they love to be helpful they really love to be helpful and so there are times when uh, i've asked them well lorna is such a precious gift to humanity and her uh books have been so helpful to us why why has her life been so difficult? Why has her life been so, so challenging? And one of the reasons that I got in answer to that was so that we would have compassion, so that we would really see uh, or rather hear the message that she has partly out of our compassionate heart. And that her story would help us to open our hearts to be more loving and kind to others. So one of the aspects of her story, for those who've read the book, is that she, um, her, her life was very hard when she was young. There were times when her family was so poor, she was seriously malnourished for a lot of her childhood. And um, really seriously malnourished. And from the time she was a toddler, her parents, uh, because of the way she was looking at the angels when others were talking to her, she, she'd be looking beyond the person who was talking to her and listening to the angels. So she was listening to the angels that were talking with her instead of the people. And so the conclusion was made that she was retarded and that she was not, uh, her mind was not operating properly. And so the, 
her family treated her differently. The teachers at school treated her differently. And uh, all through her life, until really she met the man who became her husband, everybody treated her as though she were mentally retarded. And, um, and that was the diagnosis back then when she was a child. And uh, she's in her 60s now, as I recall, and, uh, and raised Catholic, very, very Catholic in Ireland. And, and then the man she married, they, they had um, quite a few children, four children, I believe. And he, he became very sickly. So he was actually quite sick for much of their marriage. And uh, they dearly, dearly loved each other. And um, he, um, he was bedbound uh, for quite a, quite a period and off and on. And they had a very difficult time uh, getting any kind of support from government services. The government services people told them that they thought he was lying. And so they wouldn't give him, they wouldn't give them money to support their, their family while he was sick and unable to earn. And she, she had her hands full raising the children and she didn't really have skills, but then the angels started sending her people and that she could do readings, consultations for them. And, and she actually participated in quite a number of, helpful miraculous healings because of her ability to uh, pass on what the angels were recommending for people who came to her. Um, but for the most part, they were just living absolutely hand to mouth. And um, it, did I tell you in this class, I don't think I did. Did I tell you the story about when I interviewed her and I went to the bakery? No. So um, the day that I interviewed her, I had someone who um, I was staying with in uh, Dublin, and she drove me to Lorna's editor's house where we met for the interview. And um, on the way there, I said, I'd, uh, you know, I know we'll have tea time because we were in Ireland and everybody has tea time you know, morning and afternoon, you're just going to have tea. So um, I, I, I wish to stop at a nice bakery and get some baked goods. So I said to the angels, as we were in the car pulling up to the bakery, I said to the angels, I'd really love to bring Lorna a treat. So when I walk into the bakery, please just let my eyes first light on the thing that she would most enjoy. So when I went in the bakery, the first thing that I saw that really caught my attention was the eclairs. So, you know, chocolate eclairs. So they got the cream filling and the chocolate frosting. So I got a couple of those and then I got a number of other things. And when we got to the editor's house, I told Lorna, I had this box of uh, pastries for all of us. And I said, so before you open the box. I just want to tell you, I just want to ask you, what are your favorite things? And she said, well, I always love anything with apple. 
but the thing that's most special to me are chocolate eclairs. And, um, and she said, because when, when Joe, her husband who passed away was so sick and if we wanted a treat, if we had the money, you know, we would go and the whole family would get one eclair and we would divide it up and one liked the frosting and one liked the cream. And we all took the pieces that we liked best. And um, that would be a huge treat for us. Six people splitting one chocolate eclair. She said, so whenever I see an eclair or have an eclair, now it reminds me of those happy, happy times with the family. So partly why I say that story is because um, it's so valuable to ask for the angels to help in so many ways. This, this afternoon I was playing cards with uh, my nephew, Mikey, and um, I got a hand that had really good cards in it. And uh, when he saw the cards I had, he said, oh my gosh, that's crazy and i said well did you ask the angels to help you get the very best cards he said no i said well there you go next time do <laughs> you know so um and i was just being playful with him I, I hadn't asked the angels to give me the very best cards but you know it's one way for me to um just keep saying to him you know don't forget the angels don't forget the angels and I, I've just had so many amazing things like the chocolate eclair. So specific, so very specific. I never would have bought a chocolate eclair. I never would have brought a chocolate eclair. I just wouldn't have. I, it, it, uh, I wouldn't have thought to. Um, Uh, I would have brought Napoleons and, you know, fancier things like that, or I don't know. But anyway, um, does anybody have stories of asking the angels to help them where uh, you could tell us a, a fun story or even a, a moving story about your experience with the angels? Anybody? Okay, Paula. Yeah, um, I've had for a while, when I lose something, I, I get a little frantic, you know, and it's usually before I have to leave the house for some appointment. And so I've created the Angels of Lost Objects. <laughs> and it's amazing. It's amazing that what happens now is as soon as I can't find something, I'll just back up, relax, and go, okay, angels, thank you. And invariably, it'll be in front of me or right in the well of the <laughs> car. Or at one time I stopped, I was frantically looking for something, and I stopped and I called on the angels. I looked down to my right, lifted a blanket, and the book was right under that blanket. I never would have thought to look there. And then exactly. if I can ask angels of lost objects, which seems to be a small, silly thing, why not ask for larger, more wonderful, helpful things? That's what occurred to me. Yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly. 
All right. Well, have you started experimenting with that? Yes. Yes. And I, I use it because as a realtor, I have homes. And if I want the home to sell, I'll start asking for angels to help with the sale of that home. And it's a wonderful way because I think there's a large percentage of people in the United States or around the world that do believe in angels. And so, for example, I have a couple that's afraid they have to be out of their house in 30 days. And I said, he said, oh, I'm so nervous about it. I said, now, Bill, because I know he's Catholic, so I know that this would fit right in. I said, there's a book, Laura Byrne. She's seen angels since she was a child. She says there's all these unemployed angels out there. And he said, oh, I have a job for them. I said, great, call them in. They're going to help you find a place to live, a place to put your cars, all of that. He said, he's going to do it. And in that way, it's a wonderful way to share this with people because so many people do accept angels. Yeah. It is. It is. And it, what's wonderful, too, is people who are skeptical, you can do it with them, you know, if you feel comfortable. So just as an example, you could say, um, and not that you should have or anything, but you could say, so Bill, let's do it together. Angels, 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 please help the the most wonderful family who would absolutely love living here to find this house with ease and with grace. Let it be the perfect price for them. That kind of thing. That's a great idea. Thanks. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, so it's just because uh, I, I have found... I have never found that someone said, stop that, stop that. I won't have that, you know, or I wish you wouldn't do that. I've never had that. People are, and then they have a wonderful story to tell me when they have the results. That's great. Because sometimes people will say, I'm going to do that, but they don't actually do it. So if you do it with them, then you're, you're really helping them to employ those unemployed angels. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Paula. You know, um, it uh, reminds me for many years, I worked on the prayer ministry at Agape and um, I did service there uh, uh, for a certain amount of hours every month and did that for, I don't know, many, many years. And um I would always at the end of the prayer call, so the person would call, I'd say, what would you like prayer about? And then they'd tell me, and then I would pray. And, and then at the end, I would say, thank you so much for calling. I really appreciate the opportunity to pray with you. Please call again soon. And um, they, many times they would say, well, thank you. Thank you. No, I thank you. I say, well, I'd just be sitting here with nothing to do if you didn't call. So please call, call often. And, um, and it's the same with the angels because really they can't interfere. That's the rule of this dimension is that the only way the angels can intercede is if uh, in the case of someone who uh, might have an untimely death. Otherwise they have to, Wait till they're asked. 
Now, the important thing to understand uh, uh, that has been very helpful to me is to realize if you're asking for them to further affirm a false idol that you have, um, that's, they're not going to do that. So, for instance, if you're saying, you know, please help me to um, become a millionaire and win the lottery, you know, you, you might not. Most people who win the lottery and get the big prizes, uh, they're not so glad that they did, ultimately. It's, many of them, it becomes a kind of a curse for them. Um, so it's a, it becomes that be careful what you wish for. So I have learned that um, a far wiser thing is to say, just angels help me now. Help me now, angels. If you're feeling stuck or afraid or worried or even tired, angels help me now. They know exactly what will be helpful. You don't have to tell them. They know. They can see beyond time and space. They can see the patterns in your mind that are blocking the flow of good. You don't have to tell them. It's so much better to, you know, if you like if I said, oh, angels, I'm thirsty. Would you please provide a cup of hot lemon tea? Mm. You know, but if I say, angels, I could use some refreshment then something would happen in my mind, uh, in my heart, in my energy body that would be the perfect refreshment. And you never know, it might be that right then someone would come and say, I just made some fabulous tea. Would you like some? I made an extra big pot because I thought you probably would. Here, I'm just going to leave it here. What? They delivered it, you know. So it's it's so helpful if we can leave it as um, unspecific and general as possible. Because then they can just, you, I could just feel them practically going, oh, this is a good one, you know. So, but if, if we're saying that this is my answer, my prayer, my answer prayer is that, Keanu Reeves calls me tonight. Somehow, miraculously, he's in New Jersey where I am and wants to go out dancing. Well, I'm, then I've got an attachment. That's my answer prayer. But if I say, oh, I'd like to have fun tonight. Show me the way to have fun tonight. Then the angels can do something, uh, help, help us and support us in a miraculous way and not energize any false idols. Any thoughts or questions about that? Okay, we've got Angela raising her hand here. Hello, everyone. Um, I actually prayed before class whether I was to share the story and uh, that it would be shown. And now I've been listening and... I think so. So um, a couple of weeks ago, I was in a car accident, and um, it's been quite a, I can say now, a wonderful, wonderful journey. Back then, not. <laughs> but, yeah. but now it's been such a blessing, such a gift. But I will just zoom in to the actual 
time of the accident and the way it happened, I knew the angels were with me. And after the actual bang, <laughs> I could sense the angels just in the car, outside of the car, just swirling. And um, it was, I can only share it in certain, with certain people because uh, um, if I share it with my normal, it, the drama comes up and um, they want more drama. And I can say that it was gentle. I, I, the car was a write-off. I, I don't have the car. Um, and there were three of us involved. It was gentle. That's the only way to explain. And so I got a warning of the noise. I looked in the mirror. I was told to look in the mirror. I looked in the rearview mirror. I saw the car coming, and I heard, it's all right. You know it's coming. Just go with it. And I had my mother in the car, and I just put my arm out. And the whole thing was gentle. <laughs> um, yeah, so it is, uh, you know, I don't have to go into the rest of it all, but I knew they were there. And every time I go on that highway, it's a mountain highway, so it's very, I always say a prayer and ask for a white light around the car and around us. So, yeah, it was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. If I can say that about a car accident. <laughs> yeah. I would yeah. never have said that before. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so grateful. Well, you know, what I hear is that, Angela, you learned yes. something. Yes. You, you learned that you are guided, you are protected, you are yes. cared for. Yes. Yes, big time, lots of ahas, big awakening. <laughs> um, yeah, just incredible. Yes, so grateful for that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's needed to share just to, you know, if anyone's going through anything that feels like such a challenge, that, that they are there. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Angela. And Tracy, I'm going to unmute you. Hi, mine's not quite so, uh, anyway, remarkable as that. But um, I've, of course, heard of angels before, but really, um, you pointing us to this book, even though I haven't read the book, I've read a little bit of it on, um, on Amazon. And um, there's actually quite a bit available on Amazon before you buy the book. So anyway, um, so I'm really grateful because it's kind of opened me up to the awareness of these possibilities of asking, like you're saying, this is, this is very interesting to hear this, but I've, I've just done it. Um, and I guess I'm, kind of jumping off where Angela said, if you're feeling anything that's challenging, because um, I'm, I'm kind of in the midst of a pretty long, six-year-long challenging period of my life. And so I've just been doing a very, and it's so interesting to hear you say the more general you ask, because that's kind of, I, I might just be driving and I might just say, you know, angels just help me. 
And, um, and what I've noticed when I've been doing that is that um, with me, they just kind of, I, I get a real playful, mirthful feeling. Um, and, and, and almost like they want to just give me little love tickles, like just, just, just help me feel some happiness and some mirth and some levity. And, um, and that, that really is sometimes like what the most loving thing they could do for me, you know? And, and, and so, and it, and it kind of surprises me because, um, I mean, the first time, especially, because it wasn't like I didn't make it up. You know what I'm saying? It was kind of like a surprise, like, oh, wow, that's really good. Kind of like what you said, ask for a refreshment and see what happens. I said, help me. And that's what I got. And so I, I, I've done that now a number of times because I can get um, too intense. And, um, and so I can just kind of think of the angels being with me in their presence. And I, I just get this... Well, like I say, just a mirthful, playful, joyful, like they want to just kind of lift me and give me give me some little joyful. Anyway, so it's lovely, but I'm going to have to do it more. <laughs> but anyway, I have that much to share at this point. Yeah. Thank you, Tracy. That's a wonderful example. Very helpful. Anybody else have anything? Got Paula here. Oh, um, when she when uh, Tracy mentioned the whole mirthful thing, I had a funny experience with Saint Germain because <laughs> in reading the Violet Flame, I I felt it's uh, it was really heavy at first, which was my projection. So. Um, and the whole, all of the saints like Michael and St. Germain and everything like that, they seem so massive. So I was talking with somebody about this, um, one of my prayer partners, and just talking about that feeling. And all of a sudden, I felt St. Germain like winking. Like just what Tracy said, there was this lightness and this challenge of, hey, get to know me. And uh, I, I, I don't know what to say, except that it blew all of my projections about St. Germain, you know, and the whole big, that the violet flame and that whole thing is like so big and so ponderous. You know, it's not, it's not, it's. It's right there. And so that was a wonderful experience with St. Germain. So I wanted to share that. Beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. Thank you. I'm going to mute you and Rosalind. Yeah. To share um, on this topic of the mirth. Um, so many of you know, because um, I've spoken of it in this class, uh, that I did meet Lorna um, this year in Ireland. And she had much to say about my daughter. And so my sharing is post um, my experience with Lorna. Uh, my daughter didn't know about angels. And I asked her last night, she's had a huge transformation. Um, many would describe her as uh, 
and a shorthand way of maybe looking like she was stuck in life. She's 39, had never been on a date. Um, her career was whatever words you want to use. Um, the house was neat, but there was stuff. I mean, because it's big enough, you couldn't see the stuff, but she was holding on to so much. Anyway, after the angels said, Melissa is stuck, and, they, and I told her what the angels said. She read the book. She, she said, oh, this is possible now to know about, you know, there are angels. Oh, and R- Lorna is so relatable, you know, because she's, she's not a fancy person, and she's not brilliant. She is smart in her own way, but she has severe learning disabilities, so all of us can relate in one way or another to her. But um, something happened after that book and after Lorna said to her, the angel said, try again. And I said, do you mean about the weight or about men? And she said, both. And she said, the dogs are not enough. And I didn't tell Melissa about the dogs, but I told her the, everything else. And now she ha- one of the angels, they all speak to her now. She has a very, very close relationship with the angels. They're teaching her massively, sometimes half the night. They've told her what to get rid of. She has gotten rid of everything. They've, they've indicated to her what she should buy, and it's not... It's not things she would have bought before. You know, it's not minimalistic things that she would have spent her money on. They, they have her pick a nicer thing. Um, but one of them teases her, and another one flirts with her. And she said, Mom, I've never had a man flirt with me before. They've, they've taken all of her food, and it's, it's not anything that she, she's had weight issues. It's not anything that any health program would have, they, they have been teaching her how to neutralize food. And so it's, it's just a very new, exciting life. And right now she's away on retreat with the angels and they're helping her write a book. And because I really think that sometimes the angels pick people that are unlikely <laughs> to, to, do their uh, to do their big messaging and I I said you know we're reading Lorna's book tonight Um, do the angels have anything to say because she's on retreat and I'm only able to message her and I don't know all of what's in the story and how all this opened up for her but she said that the angels want everyone to know and this is Lorna's message as well that not everybody hears and sees everything from the angel in the form that Lorna does and in the form that Melissa does, but everybody is being nudged. Everybody is getting cues one way or another in their body, like, I don't know why I feel like taking that left turn when I should take the right, or I never pick this, but I feel like picking that. Those are the ways, and the angel said, they get so excited when people are open and are willing to listen. They said they love, love, love people like that are in your group. 
that where where they're willing and interested in listening. It, they they want to jump up and down. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we we can all have our own experience, like your daughter Melissa, and like what people have been talking about. It just requires the willingness to really listen. That was Lorna's big point when when she met with the six of us. She said, when you get an inclination or or a feeling, do you listen? And I think we all have the experience of listening and we all have the experience of saying, pushing it away. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. We all do. So it's about becoming better listeners and noticing when we want to push it away, who really wants to push it away, what's going on. Because I definitely have had countless numbers of times when I've just said, yeah, I, I can't go that way now. I can't do that right now. I don't have, no, I can't, I can't. I need to do what I want to do. And I never have felt ever one time that the angels had anything but love for me, no matter what I chose. Always 100% love. If I choose to learn through suffering, they're going to love me just as much as if I choose to learn through insight and wisdom and clarity. Mm -hmm. And Lorna has quite a few books. So now, um, trying to think back then if she had the second book out yet when I met her. Before we go any further, oh, Tracy. Yeah, I, I have a question about that because what I do is I don't trust it. And I feel sometimes, I mean, I'm learning, but so I think I'll just ask if anybody else has felt that and what you do about it. Because I, I think I just get myself in such a tangle um, of, of what, what's the, is that an inclination? Am I supposed to follow it? No, that can't be. And then my ego gets in there and I think I um, probably override many nudges with trying to, figure out if it's really a nudge or not. And anyway, any help on that? Yeah, absolutely. So that, that voice of intuition is always, uh, or it's always sweet. It's always kind. There's never any judgment in it. There's never any recrimination, no shoulds, no you better if you don't. There's no try to shame you or guilt you or push you. Uh, it's always uh, emotionally neutral. And um, although sometimes it might, you might have this sense with it that's, um, I'll describe it as an enthusiasm. Uh, but I, I would say it's, it, 99.9 .9 times, it's just a simple, 
option and sometimes it feels very attractive. So um, one of the things that I started to do um, was I would experiment with things like, okay, angels, I'm going to the grocery store. When I get there, please help me to only see the things that will really be good for me, to only be interested in the things that are really good for me and to really not even see or notice or have any interest in that which isn't helpful to me. And they're so, I mean, it's their joy to be able to be employed, to do something. We are interested in listening and hearing what they have to say. Okay, that, that's helpful. Kind of like what Rosalind was saying about what her daughter's going through with food. Way better than yeah. trying to follow all the, all the contradicting advice out there, you know. Eat this, don't eat that, and 10 years later, it's like, oh, that was terrible advice. You just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. We've got Laurel here. Uh, I really, I have probably every card deck of Doreen Virtue that she's ever put out. But she has all these beautiful angel decks. And if you don't really, you know, trust what you're hearing inside, you know, you can just get a, an angel deck because she's got them on all these different topics like work and health and just like messages from archangels. And just let yourself on any question that you have in your mind, pick a card. I have never picked a card that hasn't been just incredibly helpful. And then you don't have to listen to anything or wonder. Yeah, when I first started, thank you for that, Laurel. When I first started connecting with the angels, um, I, I used those angel cards. And hang on a second, let's see. Okay, Cheryl. Um, and uh, I, for me, uh, I, I liked uh, Doreen's Healing with the Angels cards and Healing with the Fairy cards. Those were the first two decks she ever made. And um, I, I just found those two worked the best for me. And I would... But the way I worked with them was, and I, I made a video about this, which should be in your list of videos. Has anybody seen that video? About the angel cards? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so you can, you can watch that. And uh, it's, I think it's really helpful it was for me. I stopped doing it a long time ago because I just don't need the cards anymore. I can just tune in with the angels. Um, but I would ask the cards, uh, I would ask the angels a question and to answer through the cards. So I would ask a question like, um, what's the most important thing for me to know about this issue? And I would hold the issue in my mind. So not yes or no questions, but really trying to get that general, you know, not um, having them tell me what to do, but having them to be truly guiding and, and helping. And I found I could ask the same question. 
I remember I asked the same questions about the same issues. I've forgotten now. It was like 30 days in a row and I got the same card 28 out of 30 days. And believe me, I was shuffling those cards because mm -hmm. I, I really, I was hoping to get some other answers. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so those were helpful to me because what, what the angel cards, the healing with the angels and the healing with the fairies cards did for me was they helped me to really uh, understand that I was getting clear guidance and I could trust it because the cards would almost always tell me what I already knew. Mm -hmm. Almost always. Yeah. And going back to what Tracy was sharing, I'll just say that, um, you know, the ego voice is one that's just, it's always got some shame, some blame, some guilt, some attitude. It, it, it's never peaceful. You know, the ego is like, you should do this. You better do that. If you don't do this, if you don't do that. And uh, it has an attitude. And that is the way to recognize it's ego versus spirit. Spirit just doesn't have any attitude. None. It's just really so that still small voice. Although sometimes it will be so insistent, it almost feels like it's loud. You know, that it's just so insistent. Go there, go there, go there. But, um, and I'll, um, uh, let's see. Uh, our, Juliana's asking, well, before I go to that, I'm going to go to Cheryl here. So Cheryl. Hello. Um, Hi. I do spiritual readings for people. And one time, I'll tell a short story first, but one time, I was getting all this information, which seemed really um, ridiculous and, and odd. And, um, and then I get embarrassed whether to say it out loud or not. So I made an agreement with my angels that um, they have to nudge me three times on the same subject. And then I have to um, acknowledge it or act on it or speak it out loud. So that's, that's the agreement I have with them. And they do it every time. So on this time, I was doing this reading, and I kept getting these images of um, a VW automobile, a VW bug, and it kept changing colors, like all kinds of colors. And I kept having the conversation in my head with them, like, I'm not saying that out loud to this client. That's that. to me they showed it three times and I said okay it's our agreement I have to say it out loud so I paused and I um kind of apologized to the person I was helping I said look it's like I have this agreement and once I get a nudge three times then I share it out loud and I said it doesn't make any sense to me but let me share it with you anyway and I shared it and she said oh she goes that's that's about my husband. She goes, he collects VW bugs. She goes, we have like one in every color automobiles. And uh, so if I hadn't had that agreement, I might not have shared 
that piece of information. So I just have that in the moment because they don't always, I might not always have cards with me to choose in the moment, like if I'm at work or out in public. So I have that agreement that I'm listening and I get the nudge three times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. Thanks for that, Cheryl. Thanks. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Juliana's asking, is there any difference in requesting help from the angels or from the Holy Spirit? Um, I don't feel that there is, I'm just listening to see if there's some other thing here. So this is the thing that feels important for us to understand. The Holy Spirit is your higher self. It is that I am presence. It is your God self. So is there a difference between your God self and the angels? There is. There is. And so... What I'm getting is it's kind of hard to describe, but what I'm getting to explain this is that let's say if you were going to ask Jesus to help you with something, and then you were going to ask the angels to help you with something. So, of course, Jesus might call upon the angels because Jesus is like us, right? And he's our, our guide, our mentor in this world, in this dimension. Um, I find that most of the time, the angels have this lighter frequency of being than my higher self does and um so but in a sense there is no difference because we're all one i think it's a really good question i think that's the best way i can really answer it is that um I would invite you to experiment with it. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, because my my question was because maybe I'm more familiar to the Holy Spirit because I I know much of of Him or 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 it. I don't know. So maybe it's feel it feels more comfortable. It's um, it's more trustworthy from my standpoint to 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 go and request him for help uh maybe it's a matter of of what i'm used to, I, i'm used to no you know and maybe it's as you said it maybe it's it's worth trying to it's worth trying maybe like i was thinking maybe angel, angels are 
since they're not so um, perfect as God, maybe they're like more accessible, more effective. I don't know. So that was basically the reason for, for my question. Yeah, no, I think it's a really valuable question. And um, so for me personally, I will say, um, higher Holy Spirit itself, please show me how to this or how to that. Uh, help guide me this way or that way. Help me to be more loving. Help me to um, be more tuned in. Help me to understand how best to be of service to this person. Help me to hear your voice at all times, those kinds of things. But I'm more likely to say to the angels something like, um, help me You know, it's interesting as I'm thinking about it, I, I, I'm realizing more that I've shifted over the years. Um, and I, I think I tend to ask the angels more for more practical help in the world. Mm -hmm. um, but I also do that a lot with my higher self too. And one of the things that I, I do as a counselor is I will ask the angels to um, help me hear the voice of my clients, angels, and to communicate any messages to them that their angels or their higher self would like to have communicated. And so many times I am, uh, when I'm doing a counseling session uh, with someone, I will do that. And I'll say, you know, I'm getting this or I'm getting that for you. And, um, and usually there's quite a recognition that the person has. And uh, it, many times people will say, uh, oh, yeah, I get that same message all the time. And I'll ask them. So are you, what are you doing with it? And they're like, oh, no, I could never do that. I could never, never follow that advice. No, that I couldn't do that. And so I think that's one of the, the biggest challenges that the angels have in doing their job is people aren't listening to them. You know, so that's the thing is just starting to say, you know, angels, please guide me. Angels, let me hear your voice so clearly that I could never turn away from it. And I, I do that also with my higher self, particularly. Because we all have some degree of resistance and reluctance to follow the guidance that we get. I really don't know anyone who doesn't. You know, Lorna talks about it all the time, saying to the angels, oh, I can't do that. I just can't. And they're like, no, you have to, you have to. And she's just like, I can't. Right? Right. But when she's resistant to following what they're suggesting, 
um, they're very insistent because they know the benefits, the outcomes, the beneficial outcomes of following the guidance that they're giving. And, you know, and for years in masculine living, when I would, I, I would usually start talking about angels and angels in my hair early in the year. And every year is just different. And I, I, I just follow the guidance. So I, I don't really question, oh, why this now? Why that then? I mean, not that I don't question, but I, I, I don't argue with it. I just do what I'm guided to do. And um, when I would start talking about the angels early in the year, people would be like, angels? Oh, my God, now she's talking about angels. Oh, what did I get myself into? Right. Um, <laughs> um, which I could totally understand. But then the people often who are the most skeptical have the most wonderful experiences and change their mind about it, which is so terrific. Uh, because oh, to have the angels around you all the time, which they're there, but to really feel, allow ourselves to feel them and receive the nourishment and the nurturing and the kindnesses and the playfulnesses and things that they can share with us, it just makes life so different. Now, here's a thought for you. So I'm going to invite you. Let's do an experiment. Let's do a divine experiment together here. So I'm going to invite you all to turn within and place your hand on your heart here. And I'm going to call upon the angels all the helpful healing angels, all the angels of the Holy Spirit, and the angels of the violet flame, the legions of angels that are blue flame angels along with Archangel Michael, Lorna's friend, and the angels of divine love, and Archangel Michael himself, and all the Archangels, we're inviting them all to come and walk with us and talk with us. And in this very moment, let us bring to mind someone who is really struggling. Someone we personally know is struggling. We may not even know they're struggling. Just have the angels just put that that person's face right in our mind, that their name right in our mind. Be sure to breathe because the um, angels' insights really come in on the breath. And now we're going to ask the angels to really help that person, really support them in rising above whatever challenges they're experiencing. We're going to ask the angels to support that person in, in seeing new possibilities, feeling new possibilities. We're going to ask the angels to help that person in feeling loved and cared for. 
and valuable. We're going to ask the angels to help that person to feel empowered and willing and grateful. Now we're going to ask for the same gift for all people who are struggling. That the angels everywhere will support all the people who are struggling. To feel loved and guided. To feel guarded and protected. To feel at home in their life, in their way of being. And so now we're just giving thanks and giving thanks for every opportunity that we are receiving to open our minds to angelic guidance, divine guidance, loving guidance, and to be a loving support to those around us. So we give thanks. Give thanks to the angelic realm, their infinite givingness, their lightheartedness. So grateful to live in a world with angels. And one more thing, which is if there's somebody in your life that you're struggling to communicate with, you can ask their higher self and the angels around them to speak to you clearly, speak to both of you clearly and to help clear the communication channels and to clear the communication channels by bringing in more love, more peace and more joy. They're so good at that, removing obstacles. All right, and so we can open our eyes again now. We're giving thanks. Did anybody get anything that uh, they particularly would like to share right now? Any aha or insight through that? seeing anything. Oh, Carla? I'll let you do it, Carla. Okay, it kept, it kept doing each doing it, so thank you. It, you know, it's interesting. I, when you first started, I, I was thinking, oh, my housemate because we've had some challenging conversation in the last couple of days, but they really great, but interesting. So, but that's not the, the picture that the, the, the person that came to my mind, it was someone else, someone I wouldn't imagine that would be the person because it's someone I have no connection with anymore. 
because um, she pretty much told me she didn't want me in her life anymore. So I just was accepting that. And I, I remembered and talking to you in one conversation, out in a part, maybe class, I maybe I just heard you, that sometimes when someone's really upset with you, it's kind of, what I heard is that it's best to like, just let them go and not speak to them in invisible even, just to let them go, you know, and, you know, not ask for anything. And so I don't know if that's the right words, but I don't know, but that was the person. So was there anything else? I was, that was all. That was just kind of amazing to me because I just never would have thought of that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, what, uh, what I was saying um, when we talked about that, um, sometimes not all the time, but sometimes when somebody is very, uh, some people, if you send them love and light, it will, it's like a, an irritant to them. And so some people, it is best to just know that they're blessed, just to know that they're blessed, but not to send them love and light per se, because it can actually provoke them and agitate them. Because some people are in a place where they're wishing to focus on the darkness. And they'd like to um, have their way. They're very identified with ego. So how do you know what's what? It's learning to feel these things. It's learning to feel them. It's, um, and so we often can feel in our human experience without tuning in um, per se uh, directly, um, we can just feel, oh, this person wants to be left alone, right? And so you can feel sometimes someone wants to be left alone. Uh, they genuinely need some space. Other times people say they'd like to be left alone, but that's not what they mean at all. What they mean is they really are overwhelmed, they don't know what to do, and um, I, I know, for instance, with my mother, she sometimes, I would say, I could tell she was bothered or upset, and I'd say, Mom, is there anything I can do to help you? And that was almost too confrontational, because I, I almost, I could feel and I have felt this way too, when I was upset and people wanted to help me, can I do something to help you? That the ego can be so overwhelmed by that, that the response is something like, if, they, if you could really articulate how you're feeling, you might respond with, I am freaking out. I'm overwhelmed. I can't help you help me. I don't have enough bandwidth to have help you help me. If I, if I need something, I'll ask you for it. But right now I just need you to leave me alone. Um, that's how it is sometimes with some people. Has anybody ever felt that? Few people. So um, some people 
when and it, it can depend where you are in the moment it can depend on your personality so we've all heard about um when there's upset uh, some people go for fight and some people go for flight and i've i've spoken and written about how i've learned that there are other options some people freeze so there's fight there's flight and there's freeze but there's also seek nurturing. And that was a big shift for me when I realized, because I used to go to fight and then flight and then to freeze. And then I realized I could seek nurturing. So I stopped going to fight and flight and freeze and I would go to seek nurturing. Uh, and so different people go into different spaces, but we can learn to feel whether or not they would like to have prayers and and blessings and love and light sent to them and for some people it's just not true in that moment can i say so i think i think i heard what you said and i think my ego maybe i don't even know i'm not even gonna worry about what chose (laughs) it was a choice and i i just let it go so I'm just interesting. I kept thinking that whatever the choice is from, right? I kept thinking that's I'm just gonna let it go. And I'm just gonna, but it was so it was so such a blessing to me that in that moment that I got that picture. And when I was not, I was like not even considering that. So it's an opportunity for me to change my mind. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Indeed. Yeah. And um, one of the things I think that's so helpful is if we can just, when we'd like to support someone who's going through a difficult time, just to ask the higher self and the angels, please show me what's the most loving choice, the highest to best. Show me. Uh, rather than trying to figure it out, I, I've really learned that it's best not to try to figure things out. Set your intention. My intention is to be loving. My intention is to be helpful. Uh, and then we also, of course, have to be very mindful that we're not projecting onto them that they need help or that they have a problem. Because then we're not actually being helpful. It's one of the things that's uh, challenging. Roslyn? got when i thought of the person i got immediately back the words they're just fine yeah there you go yeah yeah so it's so it's so valuable for us to be able to discern what is our opinion our judgment our perception right that we're projecting onto them versus what are we really being guided to yeah and our willingness to, to be guided is all that's required. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Rosalind. So great. Caroline, are you raising your hand? Okay. <laughs> all right. It's now, a lot of times people have specific questions that they'd like to talk about regarding angels in my hair. Anybody have specific questions or things that you'd like to bring up?
Well, one thing that often people like to bring up is uh, her experience with uh, both Jesus and her experience with the devil. But I have to charge extra if we're going to talk about the Jesus and the devil. No, I'm kidding. Um, so um, my, and I will own it, my perception is that uh, Lorna was raised Catholic. She's quite very steeped in that Catholic sensibility. And uh, no, no judgment about that. And um, with Lorna, so she's she sees, you know, the the Catholic teaching is that Jesus is God, and um, also that Jesus is the Father. It's a little confusing, um, and um, and that there's three aspects to God. There's the Father. There's Jesus, who is the Son. And then that there's the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. So um, it's it's not my perception because I believe we're all of God and God is all that there is, um, and that we're not separate from God. But um, so when she has that experience with Jesus, for her, she's having an experience of God, the Deity. Uh, and that's just fine. That's what works for her, and that's just fine. And I don't need to make any meaning of it. Uh, I just appreciate it. And then she has that experience with what she thinks of as the devil. And um, I have uh, read stories of people that have had uh, different, but what feels like similar stories with let's we'll call them ent entities uh, who are malicious entities are I, I don't believe in the devil um, but I I do know that um, uh, negativity can um, take form and it can uh, some people can uh, weaken themselves so much that they seem to be quite uh, devilish and evil. Um, I'm really clear that there's nothing against God or in opposition to God, that everything that appears to be evil or devilish is only aspects of God expressing that seeming opposition so that we can discover and learn from it. Uh, I really like Ernest Holmes' definition of evil. He says, evil is that which appears to be destructive. So one of the things you can think of is winter appears to be quite destructive, but winter is actually quite helpful. And there are, you know, fires appear to be very destructive, but sometimes they can be very helpful. We can't understand everything that happens in form from the position that uh, things are happening to us rather than by us. So until our mind is able to see beyond time and space and to see all directions, 
we, we don't really know what anything is for. But we're opening our minds so that we can. And when we can't see what everything is for, then we'll, we'll throw our heads back and laugh. Or we'll, we'll, our jaw will open in amazement. So that's what that was for. And we've all had experiences like that. You know, I, I can think of a job where I never would have left that job. But thank God they fired me because if they hadn't, I might still be there. And I'm so glad I'm not there. Anand. Um, I just wanted to share that uh, in the Course in Miracles, it says that um, it specifically says there is no evil. And um, that's helped me a lot, actually, because um, giving reality to it, in my mind, for me, with what I've been through, um, has been a real obstacle. Like when I do, when, if, if I believe in it, it does create a temporary existence to that idea. But when I challenge it and I realize that it's not true, it's just, it's just not true, then it dispels it completely. And in that respect, it's given me a lot more peace than the idea that evil exists. Because I, I don't really believe that it exists. Now I don't believe it after what I've been through with my mind and things like that. I don't believe that it's a real existence. And I believe what the Course, what the course in Miracles says, that evil doesn't exist. Um, so I just wanted to share that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really helpful, Anand. Thank you. Yeah, e evil is uh, it's a perception. It's an assessment. Um, because really, God is all that there is. And there's no part of God that's evil, but it's, it's our, our perspective and our perception that sees things as evil. And still, people can have evil intent. But when people do have evil intent, as we well know, we've seen that so recently, tremendous evil intent, uh, and many people killed, maliciously killed, intentionally killed. Um, certainly seems like uh, this unadulterated evil. And yet, the grace of God will bring benefit through everything, through everything, through the most unloving things we could possibly imagine. God will... God's grace will, will come, it will come. And uh, I've just personally experienced things with people who have been um, literally tortured, literally physically tortured, that, that those who have been able to forgive and to have compassion for those who tortured them. Such benefit on a soul level, such benefit. Um, why these things happen to them, I, I, I could never explain specifically, just knowing that everything works together for good and refusing to have any other idea about things. 
All right. So, um, yeah, so Lorna wrestles with the devil. And my experience of having read that book a few times and thought about it a great deal is, to me, that's her wrestling with her ego projected into this form. And um, somebody else might have a similar experience where it's their spouse or it's their boss or it's their parent or it's, you know, that, that wrestling with the ego takes some other form. It's, this is a world of illusions and delusions where nothing is as it seems. This is the world of projections. So projections are um, going to be perfect, uh, perfectly aligned for us to have a healing in our mind if we choose it. So, and again, that's where the Holy Spirit and the angels can be so helpful to us uh, to say in that moment, um, Jesus, angels, Mother Mary, Kuan Yin, Archangel Michael, everybody, Ganesha, Lakshmi, whoever you got, you know, Auntie, Auntie M, you know, please help me to see this correctly. Help me to release all attachments in my mind and see only the perfect love loving me now. This is all that I'm interested in. This is all I care about. Everything else, let it fall away. All delusions and illusions resolved and dissolved permanently back to their root cause. I am choosing to see and know only the truth. The truth is so healing to me. I was talking about this last week and oh, I think it was the true success homework class. It's hard to know. They all, 11 classes, they kind of whoosh, they all kind of go together when you do them like that. I'm happy to talk about any other specific questions about Lorna Burns uh, sharing and um, for me, I'll just say as we're closing out here, I find the stories that uh, I, I, her second book, Stairway to Heaven, um, I found absolutely fascinating, partly because some of the things she talked about in there were things that I had felt and believed in and understood, and, and then she wrote about them, and it was um, helpful to me helpful very helpful uh and because it felt like validation to me um i think for me one of the stories that i think about the most from angels in my hair is that the story about her co-worker in the department store who was killed in the terrorist attack and she kept saying to the angels, can't you do something to prevent it? But she, she could see his energy shifting and changing as he got closer and closer to the possible death. And um, can't, can't you do anything to help him? And the angels saying to her, we're doing everything we can, but the terrorists are not listening to us. They're not listening. So since our prayers are so powerful, 
we can all pray that all beings will listen to their angels hear clearly and be inspired to follow and experience miraculous results and become better and better at following their angels and being happy. We can make these prayers all the time. So I do, I think very frequently of that, that teaching of um, their, the, the, the terrorists aren't listening to the angels and of the angels going to Lorna and saying, pray, 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 pray. Because, you know, the angels can't intercede, but when people pray, they can do everything they can to answer the prayers. So never doubt the power of your prayers. And prayers move beyond time and space. So I, I, I think it's so valuable to pray for our uh, loved ones who've moved on. And for any, you know, to just pray and pray and bless them, bless them, bless them, bless them. So I, I, I will just tell you this one story that, um, uh, oh, Tracy, did you want to say something before we close? I just want to ask a clarifying question off of what you just shared, because it's pretty important for me. So did you mean that, again, I didn't read it, I'm sorry, but um, so the terrorists weren't listening, but the angels were going to Lorna so that she would pray and ask, and that allowed the angels to go in and intercede in the terrorists' minds? I mean, this is one of the questions I have. Can I be... Um, you know, can we be praying for people who maybe don't seem receptive, but that they can? And it seems to me, from what I read in A Course in Miracles, that Jesus says yes to that, right? So that's yeah. your experience. Okay, that's powerful, right? And it is very merciful and loving, because when we're blocked, we can't take the love in. So we can pray for ourselves and other people along those lines. Okay. Yeah, it's so important to understand, Tracy. I'm glad you're asking about it, because... We share the same mind. Mm -hmm. We share the same mind. But it gets a little confusing because they also, I mean, it does teach that, I mean, <laughs> each person does have to make their own decision. We can't override just like the angels can't intrude, but, but we can still pray in a way that can make a difference for their receptivity. I guess it's kind of a subtle point, but it, for, for me, it feels helpful to get it clarified. What, you know, what can I do and, and what should I not be trying to do? Yeah, so um, we can pray for everyone to see the most loving choices. I do that. I invoke the violet flame. I, I make prayers for everyone in Masterful Living and all beings on the earth. Because I just, I can't say, you know, Bless my friends, but not those other people. I just, right. I can't do that. So, but I will make specific prayers for, let's say, a person or the people in Masterful Living or Finding Freedom and things like that. But then I always say, and all beings. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, um, though I might just, when someone comes to my mind, uh, I'll say, bless them, you mm -hmm. know, um, I might not always say, and all beings. But um, we can pray for people to know the truth. We can pray for people 
to be released from their suffering. We can make these kinds of prayers. Um, I, 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 like if somebody said, will you please, please, please pray that I get into this college? I would say no. Um, it, it depends on the relationship with the person, but I, I wouldn't make that prayer. What I would make the prayer is for the highest and best to unfold with ease and grace. Mm-hmm. And um, for good things, wonderful things, um, blessings and blessings and blessings. Uh, Niagara Falls of blessings upon that person. Mm-hmm. But it might not be the best thing for them to go to that college. I don't know. How could I know? So I'm not going to pray for them. Is that praying for false idols? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, That's just, right. I'm yeah, just hand my, it over. I'm thinking, best. Yeah, I am thinking of my, my brother who, um, I haven't had a lot of communication with him, but he, he just seems like um, he's just hardened his heart so much with me. And, um, and I know that he's tremendous suffering tremendously, even though on the exterior part of his life, it doesn't look that way. Um, so he's the one I, I mean, one of the ones I had in mind when I asked this question and, and even what you shared earlier about, we can send light and love, but sometimes it's an irritant. I'd never heard that before. And I thought, I really thought, wow, he, he might be like that. I, um, I've tried to reach out sometimes in love with like a letter to my brother and sister. And instead I, I get back anger and I'm like, okay, well, I better not do that anymore. I'm just going to have to work in the prayer realm. So that's what I've been doing. But that's, that's kind of why I ask. Um, I, I, I'm not sure sometimes. Yeah. Because think about it this way, Tracy. I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but I have where you felt, you you know, um, I don't like them. Uh, I'm mad at them. Uh, I'd like to actually punish them. And um, I kind of don't go there. I do it different. I I keep well, forgiving. Allow me, okay. allow, me, allow me just to finish. Okay. Yeah. So um, if, if someone is thinking, you know, oh, I just, I really. Uh, I'm so angry with them. I'm so hurt by them. I'm so, um, my, all my buttons are pushed by them. And then they get a letter from this person that's genuinely loving and compassionate. It's just like, oh no, are you kidding me? Oh no, no, no. It's, it's so provocative that way. So um, the thing really is to, Uh, another thing I do is I say rainbows of love and light from my heart to their heart. Um, Now that's sending love and light. Um, But you see that it's, it's, it's also this, 
Am I trying to change their mind? Am I trying to get them to be different towards me so I'll feel happier and I'll be more comfortable? What's my true motivation? That's why for me, I just like to go to the Holy Spirit, to the angels, to the company of heaven, to all that is holy and just say, just bring a blessing on. Violet flame, violet flame, violet flame, because the violet flame is all about transmutation. The violet flame is about... uh, divine love and divine will and aligning with both the divine the these tools of working with the holy spirit and the angels and the violet flame it's transcends personality it's it's saying i surrender what the answer is i'm calling forth the healing back to the root cause, whatever that looks like. And it, you know, to me, I, in my lifetime, I've had times where I was like, and if it looks like I never speak to that person again, but everybody's happy, I'm down, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. However it unfolds for the highest and best, that's what I desire. I'm willing to call it forth and accept it. However it shows up. And um, that's that release of attachment. Because uh, when we're looking at someone and thinking, you know, they've got a block in their heart against me. They don't like me. Uh, They're never going to forgive me. Uh, They have a problem. It's not helpful. It's, It's energizing the problem. So this is, you know, this is what part of what Masterful Living is all about is seeing beyond all of that and to say, I'm calling forth a healing However it looks, however it unfolds, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust the divine. I'm going to trust the angels and the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to trust life that it will unfold in the highest and best for everyone. And to really take myself out of it. Now, and we're over time here, so I'm going to close this out. But I just would like, and I'll tell my Lorna Byrne story next week. But... um, The greatest tool I know in a situation where there's um, a really big block between, or what feels like a big block uh, in the mind between two people, self-forgiveness. Self-forgiveness. Number one tool. Self-forgiveness. And it has worked for me and it's worked for others. Self-forgiveness. There's only one. We all share the same mind. Self-forgiveness. Total responsibility and self-forgiveness. Any thought that's divisive is not helpful. And so it's really being mindful at the, the highest levels the widest levels of any and all divisiveness. And when we start saying someone's got a problem, they've got a block against me, I, 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 I've trained myself to say things like, this is the appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in order to step it down from thinking that it's real mm-hmm. or that it has any power. I'm not too good at languaging this yet. I'm better in my Well, it's a very, very helpful question, Tracy. I'm so glad you asked it. Yeah. 
All right, here we go. Prayer. Let's take that breath of gratitude together. So grateful, so thankful that our minds are opening to the truth that sets us free. So grateful and thankful that we're never alone and that we do have the amazing angels, the higher Holy Spirit self and the company of heaven to walk with us and talk with us in each and every moment. So grateful that our true nature is already free and has no problems whatsoever. So grateful and so thankful to call forth the healing for ourselves and for all beings. So grateful to call forth the sweet release of any and all seeming problems. We are grateful and thankful to open our hearts and minds to the unprecedented healing that we are calling forth. Grateful to allow it. Grateful to let it be. In gratitude, we know it's done. And so it is. Amen. 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 Ah, love you. Thank you, everybody. Bye.